0: You could be anywhere. You could be at the beach. You could be at Costco. You could... Oh, Costco's not open yet, so that's... Oh, yeah, they are. They are open. You could be at a lot of different places, but you're here in church, keeping the Sabbath uh, set apart for God. There is a blessing in that. Amen? And all the people that are not here, they don't get the... No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Um. Welcome to Grace Bible Church. Um, my name is John. I'm one of the pastors here. Leading up into Easter, we are on this series called I Am. And Jesus, in the book of John, he described himself and defined himself in seven sentences beginning with I Am. So uh, we are currently on the I Am, the way, the truth, and life. We covered that Jesus is the bread of life. We've covered that he is the light of the world. Uh, we, what was after the light of the world? Does anyone remember? He is the door. After he was the door, he is the good shepherd. And then today we are covering, I am, he said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, let's read the scripture together as we open our uh, message this morning. This comes from John 14, 6. It's in your notes. Let's read it together. One, two, three. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In Acts 4.12, uh, uh, Peter said this, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Um, let's open in a word of prayer and we'll jump into the word this morning. God, we just thank you so much for your scripture. Lord, in a world where so many People are being shifted in their ideologies and the ways that they think, what is right and what is wrong, uh, uncertainty in the economy, so many different things that are unpredictable in the future. God, we thank you that we have a place that we can put our foot firmly down as a foundation and that is you. God, we thank you for your word, that we can uh, jump into the instructions that you gave for us, not just your instructions, but this love letter that describes who you are to us. Open our eyes and our ears this morning to hear what you have to say uh, to every single one of us, and help us to not just understand uh, your love for our lives. But help us to live that love, to show who you are to others in our community. We pray that you'd use us in in great ways uh, in this community on Maui. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name, and everyone said, "Amen." Uh, the context of the scripture when Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, the life." No one comes to the Father except through me. It was right after the Last Supper. How many of you are familiar with the Last Supper? And Jesus said, I'm not going to be with you always. And in four chapters, four different chapters previous to chapter 14, John, uh, Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going to my Father, I'm going to my Father, I'm going to my Father. And then at the Last Supper, he says, I'm leaving and where I'm going, you cannot come and, and in this situation, everybody was looking for an answer. This, was, this happened in a time where Rome was conquering the world, and uh, the era was called the Pax Romana, or the era of the Roman peace, where Caesar, the leader of Rome, was saying, it's in this Roman government, it's in Caesar, that you will find peace, you will find prosperity, and you will find protection. Does that sound familiar? Does anybody think that sounds familiar with the narratives that are being today everybody's looking for peace everybody's looking for protection protection from our enemies across the seas protection from economic uncertainty protection from diseases that are prevalent and happening all over the world everyone's looking for pr- protection peace and prosperity and in that era in that that time frame jesus said i am the way i'm the truth i'm the life and And then he says this in John 14. It's not in your notes, but I want to read it. Because he said, I'm going somewhere. And his disciples didn't understand what he was saying. And he he said this. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you can be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus was saying that in this era where everybody's searching for answers, everybody's searching for peace, everybody's searching for prosperity and protection, Jesus came on the scene and he said, I am the way. And the solution isn't here on earth, the solution is in a place called heaven. It's a place that I go to prepare a place for you. How many of you are grateful that God is promising us a place that won't get destroyed by human hands? No, we... I just came back from a round table where there was a bunch of pastors and uh, Steve Merle was one of the pastors that had just been in the Ukraine. And he visited the pastors there and he, he said that the faith of the church, even in a, a place of war where people are dying, he said the faith of, of the church is so strong. And he came away from Ukraine being completely um, encouraged by the faith and the peace of the people that were there because their peace wasn't based on the safety of their environment, but it was based on the promise of what Jesus had to say. Amen. What, when I was reading through this, one of the things that, that was kind of interesting to me was Jesus said, where I go, you know, and the way, you also know. And then Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. We don't, and if we don't know where you're going, how, how can we know the way? And so I started reading through Scripture Did they know where Jesus is going? And there was four times previously where Jesus said, I'm going to the Father. I'm going to the Father. In chapter 7, he said that. In chapter 8, he said that. In chapter 13, he said that. In chapter 14, he says, I am going to my Father. And he said it over and over and over again. And then he tells them, you know where I'm going? And they said, no, we don't. How many of you are parents? And have to tell your kids over and over and over, hey, do the dishes. Hey, I want you to do the dishes. Hey, tonight, it's your turn to do the dishes. Hey, you know what you got to do tonight, yeah? No? I think that's what Jesus went through. And he said that I'm going to prepare a place for you. I am the way. And so um, I was thinking about this. You know, Jesus is going to prepare a place for us. He's putting effort into making something for us to enjoy. And it's not on this earth. I mean, he's made this earth for us to enjoy, but there's a perfect place that he's putting his effort into that we can enjoy. Um, I was thinking about that, and um, one of my friends, and I talk about him a lot, Matt, he gave me a fish this past week, and uh, so I always forget how to cut the fish. So he, I always call him, how you cut the fish? And then finally he just sent me a video. And I love this video of him cutting the fish and preparing the fish. Um, can we roll that? This is just. So we're gonna use this fish, and we're gonna try and get.
1: Everything. Try make it loud. Okay, me. Okay. Watch Brayton's face. Yes. Um and, uh,
0: me and Bray did a tree plot. Um Okay, wait. Fast forward it to one minute.
1: Trial.
0: He's teaching his son how to prepare fish, so his son won't have to call somebody to ask him how to cut fish.
1: Save these collars, Brayton. I love Brayton's okay, face. So Watch Brayton's face. First.
0: Cut the tail? <laughs> no, don't cut the tail first, okay? So the head, we're gonna lift these parts. You see this, Brayton? This part? Yeah. We're gonna cut that and we gonna cut into it. What is we're that? It's part of the head. We're gonna cut right across. So that's what's
1: in my head. Are you a fish?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Alright, and then we're going to rip the head out, pull the guts out, <laughs> that. that is very violent, Daddy. Okay, now we're going to cut the stomach on the middle.
0: I'm going to open that up. Take out the heart. What is that? Take out this stuff.
1: Why'd you throw
0: away? Wipe all this clean. Okay, and then we're going to try and save these colors. <clears throat> The colors. We're gonna cut it like this. Go around.
1: Ew, what is that bubble? And
0: that's a color right there. What's a bubble? This one. Okay, you can stop.
1: Daddy.
0: No, there's, there's something about a parent preparing something for their kids, right? And my wife puts in a ton of work whenever there's a meal to be had. And one of the worst things that you can do when your mother makes a meal and slaves away in the kitchen for hours, the worst thing that you can do is walk into the kitchen, go to the cupboard, pull out some cookies, and start eating it while the food is being made and almost ready to be eaten, right? How many of you appreciate when your kids eat food when you've already prepared something for them? Any, anyone? That's like the worst thing that you can do, right? Right? And then in our house, if you do that, you get lickens. <laughs> Jesus, he says, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. And then he says, where are you going? We don't know where you're going. If, if, if we don't know the way that where you're going, how are we supposed to know the way? And then Jesus says this. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. In essence, what he's saying is that you're chasing all these other things. Your direction is into all these other things that are not the destination that I have prepared for you. I'm preparing something amazing for you, and you're chasing all these things. I am the way. He says, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. I'm the direction of where I want you to be headed. It's real interesting that Jesus pulled together in his 12 disciples people that came from different economic backgrounds. Say economic. They came from different social backgrounds, say social. They came from different political backgrounds, say political. They came from different religious backgrounds. Say religious. They some were Pharisees, some were Sadducees, some were zealots politically, some were tax collectors for the Roman government. So they were on the complete opposite end of the political spectrum. And they were all his disciples. One thing that Jesus did when he said, I am the way, is he pulled all these people together and he said, what you're chasing politically, what you're chasing economically, what you're chasing religiously, what you're chasing socially, are all directions that are subpar. They're all they're all things that will never satisfy you, and I am the way. Jesus said, I am the way. And you know what the disciples did? You know what the true disciples did? They dropped their labels of zealot. They dropped their label of tax collector. They dropped their label of fisherman. They dropped their nets, and they followed him. He became their way. And they lived together as, and they picked up a new, a, a new label. You know what the new label was? Disciple. Disciple became the predominant label of his followers and they no longer associated themselves with the zealot party, with the Republican party, with the Democratic party, with the rich, with the poor, with the working class, with the independently wealthy. They were all under one label and that that label was disciple. Are you a disciple this morning? If you're a disciple, there's a good test that you can take. How offended do you get with people who are different from you politically? How offended do you get with people who are different from you socially or economically or even religiously? How, how, diff- how upset do you get when you hear about a different way of thinking in those areas? The more upset you get when you hear a different opinion from the opinion that you have politically or religiously or any of these things, it shows that that's not your, that, that is your direction. Does that make sense? If you're walking in a political way, in a political direction, and somebody else thinks different from you, and because of that you hate them, it shows that that's the priority in your life, and that the direction is not Christ. Jesus took people from all different places, and because he was the direction, they didn't, I'm sure there was fights, but they loved each other because they loved Jesus, amen? Amen? Amen. So Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. He's not just the direction, but he's also the correction. And all of us need to be corrected. Jesus is the truth. Uh, John 1.14, and the word became flesh. If you want to know how to live your life, if you want to know what God would do, Jesus is the answer. John 1.14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth John 8:31 through 32 it says so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Set you free from what? It will set you free from the lie. It will set you free from pursuing something that's less than the best. It will set you free from all the other priorities in this world that will throw you off economy, socially, politically, religiously, I was looking, th- you know, when I looked through, and I had to search the Bible, what were the different political leanings of the disciples? Did you know that, that Simon was a zealot? A zealot, he was a, radical, he was a radical Jew that wanted to overthrow the Roman Empire. And in the same circle of people, there was Matthew who was a tax collector, who worked for the Roman government, and they were both disciples of Christ. Isn't that crazy? If you were to put together a team, would you want to take people from such extreme views and, and compose your team of people that were so different? But Jesus did because his, the priority of who he was, the supremacy of who he was, overtook every other, every other preference in their lives this is the interesting thing do you know that mark a disciple that started following jesus later who wrote the book of mark that his mom was so wealthy that she had a house that 120 disciples could stay in an upper room how many of you have a room in your house that 120 people could stay in But she was so wealthy that she had one room, the upper room, where 120 people could wait for the Holy Spirit to fall in. That's how rich this lady was. That's how rich Mark was. But then you have like these unassuming fishermen who are on the other end of the economic spectrum. But how many of you remember that Mark had a rich mom? How many of you remember that some of the disciples, what their vocation was and how much money they had. How many of you know what the political leanings of the different disciples were? Nobody remembers any of that stuff. And none of that stuff matters. Rome isn't even a superpower anymore. And 2,000 years later, we're discussing the one thing that is supreme above politics, economics, social, Economical. The one thing that's supreme over all those things is we are still talking about it 2,000 years later, and that's Jesus, amen? Jesus said, I'm not just the way, but I am the truth. And this is, this is something that we're headed into in the next decade, not even the next decade, the next five years to the next decade. The scripture says that even... Those that are are in the elect, God in scripture calls those that are following Christ really closely the elect. Tell the person next to you, you're the elect. But the scripture says that even the elect will be deceived. Even the elect will be deceived, that there's going to be deception that is prevalent throughout the earth. I'm going to show you how easy it's going to be to get deceived in the future. Can you show this video?
1: I am not Morgan Freeman, and what you see is not real. Well, at least in contemporary terms it is not. What if I were to tell you that I am not even a human being? Would you believe me? What is your perception of reality? Is it the ability to capture, process, and make sense of the information our senses receive? If you can see, hear, taste, or smell something. Does that make it real? Or is it simply the ability to feel? I would like to welcome you to the era of synthetic reality. Now, what do you see?
0: You've probably seen that before, but this is a video introducing... The world to AI. How many of you have used ChatGPT just in the past since November? Anybody? Raise your hand if you've used ChatGPT. I want to see this. How many of you have used ChatGPT? Okay. Oh uh, whoa, 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 wait! Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Okay. Parents, your kids. If they're on ChatGPT, they're like smarter than you already. That's just the way it is. And, and this technology is not gonna be put back in a box. Like if you're using ChatGPT, you're probably like writing all of your essays and stuff. I'm not gonna say, I, mean, I, I, I wanted to see all the students that were raising their hands because teachers are now getting all their essays back and saying, how in the world did this student write this? You know how, and they, they put it into the internet and they try to find out was this plagiarized, and it's not plagiarized because every single one is unique, but chat GPT is just the beginning. Like, we're at the place where you can make anything that you want to make. You can make it. I, I put this one, I made this one video, and on video, I'm the worst communicator ever. In three minutes, I said the word, um, about 300 times, and I couldn't, take the ums out of my video. So I just found a program, this AI program, that I dumped the video in, and it transcribed the whole video, and then I did a search on the word um, and it highlighted all the ums. I hit one button, delete, and it took all the ums out of my video. But the crazy thing is that if I paid, and I didn't pay, but if I paid, I could actually type what I want to say, and it would learn my voice, and it would make, with my voice, say anything that I typed in there. And it's already at the place where you can put video of, if, you, if I took your video and threw your, your video into my program, it would learn your voice, I could make you say anything I want, and I could make your video do anything I want either, t- as well. We're getting to a place in history where the truth is going to get harder and harder and harder to discern. It's already very hard to discern. If you look through media, if you look through social media, if you look through mainstream media, it's very hard to tell what's true and what's a lie. How many of you would agree with that? And we haven't even begun the journey on the path of AI. You're gonna find in the next five years, it will be virtually impossible to tell what is true politically, economically, socially, all of these different things. If you place your anchor If you place your anchor in any of these other things, it will be so easy for you to be deceived. It will be so easy for me to be deceived because you'll be able to create anything that you want. And in the future, what you believe will tell more about you than what is actually true because you'll be able to find anything that agrees with your ideology. And it's already the case, but it's going to become more the case in the future. Where do we as people of God put our anchor in, is it through what we see, what we hear, or is it through being anchored in the spirit, knowing who Jesus Christ is, and not being deceived because we have his word in our hearts? This, this, what he said is, if you abide in my word, that's why we talk about soaping and staying in the word of God. When you're in the word of God, your, his spirit that resides in you will resonate with the truth. You will know the truth. It says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Not just a Christian that comes to church. Not just somebody that says, oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, yeah, I believe in God. That's different from a disciple. It says, if you abide, abide, remain in my word, you are truly my disciple, and you will know the truth. You will know the truth. This is Jesus' promise to his disciples that in a world filled with lies, filled with inconsistencies, filled with all of this junk that anybody can make and make it easier and easier and easier as we go more into the future, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's through him that we receive correction. And then the last thing, Jesus is the source of eternal life. Everyone say eternal life. John 10.10, 10, Jesus says, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. We can choose to pursue things other than Jesus, but nothing will give us life other than him. There's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and we can all, all of these things can have an allure that pulls us from Christ, but true life only comes from him. You know what the difference is between a lie and the truth, between life and death, between the right way and the wrong way? You know what the difference is? The difference is how long it lasts. Jesus says, I'm the way. There's tons of different things that we can pursue, but how many of those things that we pursue will last forever? Jesus said, I'm the way, because the way of Christ, following Christ, is forever. It will last forever. The truth, we can believe in a whole bunch of different things, and it might be true for a season. There were people that believed that the Roman Empire would rule the world, and they were right for a season. There are people that believe that America is the best nation in the world and will remain the best nation in the world. And they might be right, but they're not going to be right forever. Truth abides forever. And when Jesus said, I am the truth, he was making a statement that the things that he said and the things that he promised were not temporal, but they would last for an eternity. And then when he said, I am the life, true life, It lasts forever. All of us here will one day die. Just some sooner than others. Look at the person next to you. A hundred percent of everybody in this room is gonna die. Right? But Jesus said that He is the life that he lasts forever. There's this this cartoon that a lot of people pursue in American culture pursue money more than anything else. And I love this cartoon where when you're young, you're trying to get a lot of money. When you're middle-aged, you have some in your pocket. And then when you're old, you have all of it, but then it's not life. You might have everything, but then you're going to Leave it for your kids. Hopefully they know how to spend it. But life is not in the abundance of the things that we possess. Life is in who we know and who we model our life after, which is Jesus. And there is a consequence for pursuing the wrong thing. So Jesus said, I am the way, the direction. He said, I am the truth, the correction. And he said, I am the life the final destination. All of us have a direction. What is your direction? All of us need correction. And all of us have a destination. And the destination that we have is determined by if we're willing to receive correction and willing to change our direction to make Jesus the focal point. And he said that the destination is eternal life. How many of you want to have Jesus as the source and the destination that you pursue this morning. I want to close this morning by, um, you can switch me over to this mic, Uh, close this morning just by inviting you in a word of prayer, Um, you know, God's called you for such a time as this, and Last week, I talked about how my friend who's getting her doctorate, and she was on the news, I think this past week, uh, she does studies all across the United States. And she said that Hawaii has the highest suicide rate per capita than any other state in America. And she said that mental health issues are more prevalent in Hawaii than any other state. And the studies that they're doing they're, are pointing to the way that we handled the COVID crisis in Hawaii that we were locked down longer, we perpetuated fear more, the economy went through a whole bunch of different uh, ups and downs much more than a lot of the other economies in, in the nation. And God has put us in a place to be a light. And I'm so encouraged by the different stories that I've heard of people stepping out and praying for friends, praying for coworkers, praying for people in their spheres and seeing God move in really amazing ways And when Jesus said, he is the way, the truth, the life, it wasn't an irrelevant thing, especially in the place that we're living right now in Hawaii. There is no other answer. There is nothing else that we can put our hope and our faith and our trust in that will last forever except him. And if you know Christ and you have him in your heart, you know that that's true. And it takes courage to step out and share that hope with others. I want to pray for us if, if, if you would just stand this morning if you don't know Christ and you want a relationship with him I want to pray for you if, you're, if you maybe have veered off and, and pursued other things maybe finances or, or status or, or uh, even relationship in your life that is more a priority than Christ I want to pray for you this morning and then I want to pray that all of us would be the hands and feet of, of him so if that's you this morning, if you, if you want to give your life to Christ and make him your direction this morning, if you veered off and you want to come back and make him the direction this morning, I just invite you to say a prayer with all of us. Uh, would you just pray this after me? Say, Dear God, I declare that you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I'm sorry for turning to other things and trusting other things for my prosperity, for my protection, and for my peace. I come to you this morning and I drop everything to trust in you. I declare that you are the way, you are the truth that you are the life and that no one comes to your Father except through you. So I surrender to you this morning. I thank you for your love that you demonstrated on the cross. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness this morning. And I place my trust in you. Walk with me talk with me help me to hear your voice help me to to discern the truth and not be deceived by what happens in the world I place my trust in you in Jesus name I will pursue you more than anything else in life In Jesus' name, declaring our dependence on you, Lord, that you are more than anything else in the world. God, for some of us that are struggling with different things, myself included, God, I pray that you would apprehend our hearts. Lord, that we would be able to put our affection, our desires, our focus on you. You are the only thing that will last for an eternity, and help us to be eternal beings. Lord, help us to be your children that live in this world but are not of it, that have our hearts set on eternity. We ask this in Jesus' name. Can you just sing, Lord, that you would use this church, you would use every one of our lives to be a light and to see your kingdom advance and, Lord, your light to shine in our community. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And all God's people said, Amen. All God's people said, amen. God, we thank you, Lord. You are amazing, God. Give Give this week to you in Jesus' name. We have... Um